Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, Aaron. Yeah, I just remembered when I was younger, I used to play this game called Age of Empires. And in Age of Empires, you would... um, In the game, you would... um, There was this option to where... You could have a set to where you didn't see. You only saw, like, your line of sight was very small, like a little circle. Like, you could only see what was in, like, a few miles to your left, your right, you know, front, back, left, right. And then as you moved throughout the world, your line of sight would increase. So the areas where you actually built stuff and where your people were operating and roaming as, yeah. And so um, there could be these unseen enemies in the darkness. Yeah, because the rest of the board was black. But you didn't know where your enemy was or even like where wolves could attack until you explore those areas and you actually occupy those areas. And um, I don't know, I think of that sometimes when I think about that scripture, First Corinthians 4, I mean Second Corinthians 4, yeah, focus on what is unseen for what is um rather than what is seen for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal and for us there's an unseen world and there's imagine like there's this unseen castle <laughs> this whole kingdom on the whole other side of the board that you don't even know is there until you walk up on it you know and anyway Some people think we're crazy as Christians to believe what we believe, but it's like, honestly, when I really think about it, it's like, what is the alternative? Like, nothing else makes sense. (laughs) Um, Anyway, let's keep going. The temporal and eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent are physical bodies here we know the second corinthians chapter 5 the amplified version for we know that if the earthly tent our physical body which is our house is torn down through death we have a building from god a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens hence is how ironic because this is what paul did for a living he he was a tent maker He was building the kingdom of God physically, like literally and figuratively. For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our immortal, eternal, celestial dwelling. So that by putting it on, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, often weighed down, oppressed, not that we want to be unclothed, separated by death from the body, but to be clothed so that what is mortal, the body, will be swallowed up by life after the resurrection. Verse 5, Now he who has made us and prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Holy Spirit as a pledge, a guarantee, a down payment on the fulfillment of his promise. So then, being always filled with good courage and confident hope, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. 
And that's a very commonly quoted scripture. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. It's another common memory verse right there. We are, as I was saying, of good courage and confident hope and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home on earth or away from home and with him, it is our constant ambition to be pleasing to him. For we believers will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities and abilities. Wow, you're going to give an account. See, just thinking about that, that gives me a little bit of anxiety because I... (laughs) Or puts me to like, sometimes once I want to go into striving mode, like, ah, let me go get out here and be like these Jehovah Witnesses, be all in the corners, saving more souls. And it's like, I don't know, when I get into that striving mode, I feel like, I don't know, God will still reward it. But I don't know, it's, sometimes I do feel like a lazy Christian, like everybody else is out here doing way more than me. I ain't guys to be like, eh. And you know, getting well, you could have done so much more. I would be like the I'm trying to think of somebody in the NBA where people look at like, man, you got all that talent, man. I gave you this, I gave you this. Shoot, just the ability to be able to see and be able to talk and be able to walk. There's a lot of people that don't even have that, you know. And they're, there's that one dude. He barely, he don't even have any legs. Um, what's that dude? He was born with half a body. And he be going around preaching. I can't think of his name. Anyway. um, Anyway. uh, Who's somebody in the NBA? I'm trying to think. Everybody looks at it. Like Car Anthony Towns. There we go. Perfect example. The dude is seven feet tall. And he he likes to shoot threes, but it's like there's so much more that he could be doing. And some, yeah, if he would just be more aggressive and play inside, be more aggressive, be aggressive, be, be aggressive. Bam out of Bayou was like this. Like, yeah, Anthony Davis is like that sometimes. These big old seven feet tall centers that don't want to play inside and be aggressive. They could dominate like Shaq, but they choose not to. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, misuse of time, opportunities, and abilities. Sometimes I feel like the Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, and Bam Adebayo of of the Christian NBA. Anyway, there is such a thing. Um, Will there be basketball in heaven? I like to think there would be. They got to at least be baseball. There was a whole movie made about Field of Dreams, you know, and angels in the outfield. And, you know, we'll see. Verse 11. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord and understand the importance of obedience and worship, we persuade people to be reconciled to him. 
but we are plainly known to God. He knows everything about us. And I hope that we are plainly known also in your conscience, your God-given discernment. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but are giving you an occasion to be rightfully proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in outward appearances, the virtues they pretend to have rather than what is actually in heart. Verse 13, if we are out of our mind, just unstable fanatics, as some critics say, it is for God. If we are, that's a whole song. What will people think when they find that I'm a Jesus freak? It is for God. If we are out of our mind, just unstable fanatics, as some critics say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. For the love of Christ controls and compels us because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that all those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. Jesus is the original him. There's this whole thing going around. People like... That's a hymn. Yeah, this this whole concept of like on a basketball team in the NBA, like you win because you have a hymn. You have that guy. You ain't, yeah, it's people like, you ain't him. You ain't that guy. Just Google like him. It's like a whole thing. Even like the guy Jimmy Butler, knows, he trademarked the name Hemi Butler or Hemi Buckets or something like that. Um, Hemi Butler. Not to be confused like a Hemi engine or, yeah, but like him, him, you got him. We win because we got him on our squad. We all win in life as Christians and, yeah, because we have him. Jesus is him. He's that guy. Nobody else lived the perfect life that he did or um, was willing to suffer the way he did and die on the cross for the sins of the entire world. And he died for all so that all those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view, according to worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Yeah, that's why I, well, I like to say a lot. Like, I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm involved with the price. I quote that over myself a lot. I have the mind of Christ. I've been involved with the price. I'm a new creature in Christ. All, I've been made new. All old things, the old Aaron has passed away. Even though I look in the mirror and I still see that same old Aaron. Or I may be like, man, why do I still think this way? I'm 36 years old and why am I still, yeah, like, the battle with lust never goes away. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier either. 
It just stays there till the day I check up out of here. I wonder what that's going to be like. I'm no longer having to like constantly cast down imaginations and lustful thoughts. Like, what a relief. Verse 18, but all these things are from God who reconciled us. Yeah, not to, to worry about hot girl summers anymore and all kind of body parts hanging out and being tempted. Verse 18, but all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example, we might bring others to him. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, that is restoration to favor with God. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We as Christ's representatives plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be sin on our behalf so that in him we will become the righteousness of God. That is, we will be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by gracious loving, by his gracious loving kindness. Man, there's so much stuff here. Thank you, Lord, for making us ambassadors of Christ, for um, reconciling us to you, Lord. It's continuing to empower us to be bold as ambassadors for you. Thank you, Lord, for making us yeah, acceptable to you, bringing us into right relationship with you and bringing us into your gracious love and kindness. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray, amen. What am I going to call this, y'all? We could call this Jesus Freaks. We could call this... What did they, he say earlier? So what happens when you highlight everything? You can't remember the part that stood out the most. I got the whole thing highlighted. Phonetics. There you go. I remember once I got Prince. He didn't like his, he didn't like to call have he didn't like his fans or people call him yeah his people the people that followed him fanatics. I forgot what name he came up with instead. to call the people that came to his shows because he didn't like that word fanatical. Let me see what the word actually means. Like, why it's... Yeah, I know that... I know there's a whole brand called fanatics now. But, um... Chiefs, man, are some fanatics. Like, if you look up fanatic in the dictionary it'll be a Chiefs fan them jokers are wild 
Raiders fans are probably just as wild. Eagles fans, like Chiefs fans, Eagles fans, Raiders fans, they are some fanatics. Anyway, uh, a person filled with excessive and single-minded zeal, especially for an extreme religious or political cause, religious fanatics. A person with an obsessive interest in and enthusiasm for something, especially an activity, a fitness fanatic. And nowadays it's shortened to fans. In mid-16th century, as an adjective from French fanatique or Latin phoneticus of a temple inspired by God. From phantom, temple, the adjective originally described behavior that might result from possession by a god or demon. Hence the earliest sense of the noun, a religious maniac. So, yeah, we are... Of a temple inspired by God. Interesting. Came with the word temple, phantom, temple. Interesting. So we are temples of the Holy Ghost. And yeah, we are, we have an excessive and a single-minded zeal. There's that phrase, um, heavenly-minded of no earthly good. And honestly, nowadays, you can't be heavenly minded enough if you are a christian and you are not heavenly minded enough you will be of no really no earthly good look at look at the world now you got the lgbtq plus community they got a whole month called pride month and they don't like to just celebrate that month they want to take over the whole year and got the t-shirts and the yeah they just took took the rainbow as they symbol and yeah the world is bold about yeah satan is bold about promoting his stuff and christians need to be just equally if not more excited about representing jesus christ and it's more than just wearing a t-shirt or wearing the wristbands that say team jesus on them it's like our lives because the christians early christians they didn't need all that swag to let people know that they were christians they were known by their love their love for one another and so yeah that was one of those the podcast a couple days i think yesterday on uh i didn't listen to it yet but it's on uh Core Christianity, they're talking about like I think loving a family members who are of the LBGTQ community. Um, I'm probably gonna check that out. And it's like, yeah, you love the sinner, but you hate the sin. You still are kind to those because you realize, yeah, you are a sinner as well. Like my sins that I commit, my lying, my stealing, my cheating, my adultery, my lust. Is no different than those who choose to practice a life of of homosexuality. I'm no better than them. I'm a sinner, just like them. And so, but what separates us is because there's even that one guy. His name is um, 
Donnie McClurkin, I think his name is. Yeah, he admitted that he has he has same sex attraction. And he yeah, he prefers men and he re- he came to the conclusion that he'll probably be single for the rest of his life because of that. And um Yeah, but he doesn't give in to that. At least that's what he says. Yeah, he's he's he stated that he doesn't give in to that sexual sin. Um and I believe in this next generation they're gonna be thousands, millions of those in the I don't know how many people are in the LBGT community now, but there's gonna be lots of testimonies of people in that community who um come out of that lifestyle. We just gotta keep interceding for that and also um loving yeah, loving them into the kingdom of God. So Heavenly Father, I just pray during these times, Lord, where there is so much rampant just perversion and not just from a homosexual standpoint and just yeah, confusion over people's sexuality. There's just also just straight up perversion and just anything goes mentality in this world. Drinking is rampant. Smoking all and doing all kind of drugs is ramp is 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 a everywhere, um. Just humans living an entire life with no where everything anything goes like it's sin city, like Vegas, um. Or Amsterdam times, ten, and God is praying in the name of Jesus or that this will be a year. This would be the year of Jubilee. This would be the year of the the captives being set free. Let the blinders be removed from many eyes and the hearts, the callous hearts would be softened, Lord. And uh, yeah, the hearts of flint and stone. And as Christians, I pray that we would be radically fanatic in our, in our love and our zeal for you, God. Not ashamed of the gospel, ashamed of, of um, like people would just look at us and be like, man, there's something different about that person that makes and it's not because they got on the t-shirts and the hoodies and the jesus the what would jesus do bracelets and team jesus swag but there'd be a sweet fragrance if you like there's something different about those christians and i don't and they have an abundant life and i want to be like them i want to be around them and i want to know more not just that, i want to know more about the person that they're worshiping you jesus christ you being the star of the show thank you god thank you god thank you god help us to be ambassadors for you and um i know some of us at times we don't always we're not always the best examples for you god but at the end of the day we 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 can't we can't defame your name lord um you God, I know some people they're like, oh Christians give you a God a bad name, you give Jesus a bad name. They're not real Christians. I pray despite all that, God, that even in our hypocrisies at times, Lord, that people many will be led to the one true Jesus Christ, that they would not look at man as their example. But they would realize, yeah, in the at the end of the day, Lord, you, God, you, Jesus, that's why you came to die for us. 
That's why we need a savior, Lord, because in our own strength and our own abilities, we're all, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And some of us are at different stages. Some of us are babes in Christ. Some of us um, have been walking with you a long time and have matured. And and um, at the end of the day, we're all sinners needing salvation and needing to go through the process of sanctification so that one day we can experience glorification. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.